You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. It's time for Silver and Black today, the Tuesday edition. You're with Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. I am Scott Goldbranson, your co-host, also Writer, editor at sportsnot.com. Make sure you follow Mo on x.com. M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully and the show SNB today. Appreciate you guys being back with us. Of course, we're just a day and a half or so removed from the Raiders' last and I should say most recent loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Of course, they were down 24-17 on Sunday. Thanks for being with us on the postgame show uh, now I bring Mo back in and we get to break this one down. And boy, um, you know, we, we don't want to overly be negative on the show because, Mo, we're really objective here. But it's hard. As I was telling Murph the other night, it's hard to tell people, hey, keep your head up. Uh, it's early in the season. Uh, but you look at what's been happening with the Raiders, one and three now. Very difficult to come back from one and three and be a playoff contender. Although, a lot of us didn't think the Raiders were going to be in that position anyway. But you go back to last year, Mo, and I'm going to keep using this number. The Raiders now one and six over their last seven. Of course, Josh McDaniels is now seven and 14 in his second stint as a head coach, his first with the Raiders. And um, I just don't know what to say because I don't see certain things getting better. I see improvement in some areas. We will talk about their rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell at length in the second segment, but um, watching this game again, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, Mr. Moten, uh, along with some boneheaded play. And again, it looks like to me, a lack of fun to fundamentals by this team. And some of that you have to look at coaching other, other it's on the players. They have to look at themselves, of course, but give me your impression after watching this game and your thoughts, because I know you're ready to unload. Well, first of all, it's basically kind of like a copy and paste from the Steelers game in a sense where the Raiders score 
early in the first quarter and they the offense goes blank for two quarters and then they try to make a late rally and it's thwarted by a late interception which seals which seals the game i tweeted on sunday night that scott did you know that the raiders have not scored a touchdown in the second or third quarter of a football game this season yes and you know what's crazy i knew that uh and i did not include it in my in my story up on sportsnot.com after the game remarkable and and again we can, we're going to talk about the defense today, too. Don't get me wrong, especially in the last segment. But it's complimentary football. But your offense, and this is what I hammered on, Mo, and I want you to go deep on this for me with your thoughts. Again, fifth highest paid offense against the cap in the NFL. Josh McDaniels, offensive genius, days in, in, in New England. It continues to regress. The offensive line, which we got to talk about, too, is regressed. This is not a good look for this organization. It's an it's a terrible look, but it starts at the top. I, I hate to go super big picture, but I I remember tweeting out back when X was still Twitter. Mark Davis had a quote basically saying, "Gotta be patient." You know, people can look at the film and and not know what's going on unless they're in house in the locker room. But we can all watch the games and see it's not progressing any under your under the head coach and general manager that you hired. What as you said, I mean. And I said it last week. Josh McDaniels is now one has now lost twice as many games as he's won as the Raiders head coach. Right. Look, just I hate to do the comparison thing, but look at the Houston Texans. Right. They have a defensive-minded head coach. They just they just mollywop the Steelers by like thirty. They have a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. They have a young offensive coordinator who I believe has never been a play caller on the NFL level. Why is it that these other teams that are so-called rebuilding can show progress within the year, within the same year <laughs> that they have turnover, and it takes the Raiders two years to 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 not even score 20 points? Right. The Raiders have not scored more than 18 points in a football game, and they have arguably the best wide receiver. They have the rushing champion. They have a solid left tackle in Colt Miller, who had a rough day at the office on Sunday, but Ooh. overall solid left tackle. They, you know, they got Max Crosby, who, who's a defensive player of the year candidate. They got Divine Diablo who's coming along. Nahab's didn't play on Sunday, but they have pieces. It's not like this is a team that has no talent on it. They have star players. They have a yeah. few star players, and, and they have a, you know, a supporting cast is not great, but the Raiders should be at least showing progress at this point. I'm not asking for four or no, but to beat the Denver Broncos by one point and you watch a Denver Broncos defense give up 70 to, to the Dolphins and they made Justin Fields look like, I don't know, the next coming of the next great quarterback. <laughs> Justin Fields put up career numbers against the Broncos defense and the Raiders can only muster up 17 points with the quarterback that Josh McDaniels handpicked. Now that quarterback wasn't playing, as you mentioned on Sunday, but still, this is a Chargers team, as I said, that was giving up the most passing yards in the league going into Sunday's games. Yeah, and you and you can't you can't move the ball with any consistency. Yeah, I know Devontae <laughs> Adams got nicked up. I know he was hurt. Whatever. Jacoby Myers is still in the field. We still can't get Michael Mayer involved in the offense. Hunter Renfro still basically an afterthought, which I told fans Hunter Renfro would be an afterthought. But it was his time to kind of step up with, with Devontae Adams being nicked up a part of the game and, and still no no progress on that end. So you yeah. got an offensive-minded head coach who's not scoring enough points and not using his weapons to the best of his ability, not optimizing his talent. It's a big problem there in the starts. Mark Davis has to come down on, on something. 
And, and you bring up the best point because, again, it's not about just being negative here because of a loss or a couple losses. You see other organizations. You see other organizations make progress. Even, I mean, Murph brought up Dan Campbell and the Lions and how they've progressed over the years. Now, I know Josh McDaniels only in his second year, uh, but it does not get better. I mean, look, you don't have enough talent. Okay, you overcome that and you say, but is the talent getting better? Is the talent that you do have, do you see progress? Do you see fundamentally sound football? You can be an average football player and play fundamentally sound football. When you look at the Raiders, you got guys that are bona fide starters in this league and should be who don't have fundamentals down yet. You don't have a team that doesn't make stupid, boneheaded penalties. And save me the crap about bad calls. There are always bad calls in every game. It's going to happen. And those of you who want to believe it happens more to the Raiders, that's fine too. But the Jerry Tillery situation, you know, ridiculous. It's the second boneheaded play he's had in as many years that really cost this team a lot. I think that changed the momentum in the game. But nonetheless, you look at it, and that's your point, Mo, about why are other organizations able to turn things around? Well, you used Houston as an example. And I'm fanboying a little bit on C.J. Stroud, absolutely, because, you know, when we talked about the Raiders possibly moving up to get him, you look at the story, uh, and I did an interview with Brooks Cabina, who covers them down in Houston uh, for Sportsnot, and he talked about, and he did another story this past week about C.J. Stroud and his leadership ability. And the reason why, not only is he doing well on the field for a rookie, still hasn't thrown an interception, by the way, through four games, but he's got the veterans on his side. He takes them out to dinner. He spends time with them. And you might think, well, so what? He takes them out to dinner. No, he's showing leadership. What I see in the Raider organization, Mr. Moten, is the fact that there is a lack of leadership at a lot of different levels here. And that is filtering down. You're absolutely 100% correct. I don't know how you turn this around. I thought the Charger game was an opportunity for this team top to bottom to show some leadership, to do something different, to say, hey, you know what? No, we do have this going in the right direction by going on the road with a rookie quarterback and winning the ball game, which they could have technically done, but they just don't seem to put it together. And you're right to go to Mark Davis because at this point, who do you, who's going to answer for it? You're making the hires. You're deciding to do what you do. And it's just not netting anything of a positive traction that fans or anyone else in the media who who observe the league constantly can find. I just haven't heard the urgency out of Mark Davis to to for this team to compete and win now. I, I now I get he's not gonna throw his head coach under the bus. But I, I think it, it at this point you gotta apply some type of pressure and say, look, we gotta turn it around and we're gonna have to make some changes. He doesn't have to say we're gonna fire our head coach or our general manager. He, had, he should come out and say, look, you know, last season we blew five double-digit second-half leads. Okay, I get it. We had to kind of turn over the roster from the previous regime. But now here we are at one and three with a one-point win over the Denver Broncos is the only victory. And the Denver Broncos defense is, we're finding out, week by week is awful. <laughs> you got it. It just – something has to change, obviously. It, it shouldn't take a month for you in your second year to get the offense going against bad defenses. They've played Denver. They've played they played the Chargers on Sunday. The Steelers defense, while it has a pass rush, was struggling. You know, 
so I, yeah. I, 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 I hate to come on here and just basically give this the same spiel to our audience because I listened to Josh Jacobs on Sunday. I listened to Devontae Adams on Sunday. And there's nothing else they can really say other than, yeah, it comes down to five to six plays in the game. And if you don't execute those plays properly, you're going to lose the football game. But how many times have we said that? And I said this on X on Sunday. You can copy and paste these interviews from these losses, these last three losses, and you'll hear the exact same thing you heard last year. Right. And that's a troubling sign because that's a sign that there's no progress. There's no progress. Yeah. And I mean, you talked about the offense too. Uh, three of the last nine games. Okay. Only three of the last nine games have they scored more than 18 points. Three of the last nine. Now, you know, it goes back to last year, different quarterback. Pretty much the same offense, though, as far as all the other skilled positions. Okay. So you look at that and I you talk about a lack of progress. You're offensively not doing anything. Then I know the Dolphins lost yesterday, but Evan and I on the NFL Playbook Pod had Chris Perkins from the Dolphins talking about the innovation you see from Mike McDaniel. Uh, and now they ran into a juggernaut in Buffalo, which you understand. But at the same time, you're not seeing anything. I saw a couple looks on Sunday, Mo, where, where the, the Raiders with Aiden O'Connell, I thought played a little differently than they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Some misdirections, some some plays, some quick fake handoffs or quick fake throws to a handoff, play action type stuff. But overall, you're just not seeing anything that makes you think this guy is is scheming differently. He's doing something and progressing the offense. And again, we didn't see any tight end play on Sunday. We didn't see Hunter Renfro. Of course, Hunter Renfro gets the first the first target drops it, came back and had a nice catch later in the game, but he's so rarely used. And I just don't understand decision-making. And I saw somebody yesterday who said that it doesn't appear that Josh McDaniels is very different from the guy who was in Denver. Now the off the field stuff, the locker room stuff from all the indications we have not lost the locker room yet, but it's not trending in the right direction. I'll put it that way. But fundamentally mentally this team is a mess it just is i'm not saying there isn't good play happening but you're right it has to go all the way to the top but it has to start with the coach on the field and you just don't feel confident when they take the field outside of those first scripted drives that they can get anything done Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't understand how you have year two in the same system with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and all of these playmakers around him. You brought in Jacoby Myers, Hunter Ruffo is a holdover. And you can only score one touchdown in the first quarter. And then, as I tweeted, you go into the twilight zone for the second and third quarters. Right. And then you reemerge in the fourth quarter when you're down two to three scores and try to make a late rally, and it's too late. Like, you can't play football like that. How are no. you going to win football games when you dig yourself an early hole because the offense can't score or the defense can't get off the field and that the defense woke up 
a lot in the second half on Sunday and, and did a pretty good job, in my opinion. But And we'll talk about Aiden O'Connell's play, but at the end of the day, it comes down to Josh McDaniels. You know, what are you doing to, to you know, move this offense along and get other guys involved? Why, yeah. why is it that players that you brought in, drafted and or signed, are not being utilized? This is supposed to be an offensive play caller who was known for being – you know, a bright mind that that teams wanted to to run their run their football team and run their offensive score points. <laughs> now you bring him out of that New England tree and you and you give him his own, you know, vision. And the vision doesn't look like anything two years in. We're we're a year and a quarter in. We're we're you can't say it's still early. It's still early. We can't even use no. that line now because we're done with the first quarter of the season. And there's you just you have no hope or progress for this offense, and it's like, does the defense have have to score points? Does the defense have to save the game for the Raiders? Because that's unheard of for the past two decades. And if you're right. depending on the defense to hold teams to ten points a game, you're going to lose a lot of football games, and you're going to wind up with a top five pick in the draft in 2024. Right, and I know some of the folks out there would like that because they want Caleb Williams. It's not going to be there. I don't think the Raiders are going to be the worst team. Or maybe I'm wrong in the NFL and nobody's trading out of the number one spot when you have Williams, just knocking. Okay. Drake may, whatever, just saying, you know, that's not realistic. What I do believe is the pressure is now on Mark Davis because you know, Mo, you and I both very level-headed. We're never out here calling for people to get fired. That's not what we do, but I will tell you this. You can't let it get to the point where the locker room is lost because that's bad for the organization. The organization then to players will appear to not care about what's happening. And those players like Devontae Adams, if they want to get out, they will ask to get out if they have any leverage. Now, most of them don't, but still, you don't want it to get to the point where it's so rotten that you have to deal with that issue too. So I think Mark Davis is on the clock here. There has to be some conversation, and I assume there's going to be. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume there is. Between GM and coach and owner and GM and coach to say, this is unacceptable. We are doing the same things. It's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and thinking it's going to change. It's not changing. Something has to happen. Mo, before we go to this first break, I want to do this real quick. And if it takes his time, it takes his time. The offensive line's regression to me is remarkable. Now, they struggled early part of last year when they were not a cohesive unit and they were kind of learning to play with each other. With the exception of Greg Van Roten at the right guard, it's pretty much guys that were around last year and played a lot last year. What do you make of this? Now, Khalil Mack had one of the most <laughs> dominating defensive performance I've ever seen on Sunday. It was remarkable to watch him. Still, though, Colton Miller got completely embarrassed, as did Dylan Parham, as did Jermaine Illuminor, as did Van Roten. When you look at that offensive line, how could they regress so much in the running game? Now, I get it. You're playing good defenses. But how could they regress so much in such a, a short amount of time? That's one of the questions I want to ask. Nobody's asked a question at a press conference, but I would if I was there. I don't know how that question doesn't get asked at a press conference. Hey, Josh, what's going on with your offensive line? Why why yeah. are they getting their lunch eaten for the past two weeks? I understand you're going against T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Khalil Mack, but, you know, Joey Bosa wasn't on the field on Sunday. And up until week, up until that Steelers game, the offensive line had been 
pass blocking pretty well. You played an aggressive yes. Bills defense, and, and you didn't give up any sacks against the Bills. You see what that defense did against the Miami Dolphins, slowed them down. Why all of a sudden these last two weeks is your offensive line re- regressing? And you asked me the question, I honestly, Scott, and to the people listening to this podcast and show, I can't even tell you. Right. I, I can't even tell. The guys are just losing. They're just losing their battles one on one. That's it. And and you and you, they're just losing one on one. They're just losing it in the trenches. And we saw it with Colt Miller. We saw it with Jermaine Illuminar on Sunday. Khalil Mack. My my only thing is, and I'm not taking any heat off of the offensive line, but if you see Khalil Mack wrecking the football game, give your offensive lineman help. Throw another offensive lineman out there. Go Max protection. You know, give him a chip. Something. Give give that offensive lineman some help because obviously he can't handle Khalil Mack. To me, that's on Josh McDaniels. At that well, point, it, after the first, really quick, sorry, after yeah. the first two or three sacks, I'm giving that guy a lot of help. Well, and that's what I wondered in the post game preference uh, preference press conference. McDaniel's was asked about it, and he said, "Well, we tried a bunch of stuff. We tried to chip him. We tried to hit him in the ribs. We tried to do this, and and just couldn't stop." And it's like, so it's a remarkable thing to me. And and he just said basically we got beat. Now there was it wasn't excuses, but it's like. You got to do something. I mean, once the guy had three sacks, you'd think they would do something different. Now, again, he was possessed against the Raiders on Sunday, and I get it. Again, amazing performance. But again, no adjustment. In fact, the only, if you watched when Corey and I were doing the, the, the game stream, if you watch, and every time the Raiders made a significant gain, it was when he was off the field. <laughs> Literally. And so not only did he get sick, and that's what I said in my story, not only did he get six sacks, Mo, but he was so disruptive in other ways on other downs, he still impacted plays that he wasn't necessarily in on the tackle or any of that. He, that's how, and, and still they could not figure out a way, to your point, go to a jumbo set, come in, do something different. It's like, dude is killing you and you're just letting it happen and say, oh, we'll try this. Oh, we'll try this. It was it was a bad look, bad look. The other thing they could have done, if you know Khalil Mack is being aggressive at the last scrimmage, you can throw some misdirections at him, use his aggressiveness against him, Correct. so that then he has to think about, oh, is this a pass or a run? Yeah, there there are just so many things that an offensive coordinator, or offensive play caller can do, and I just feel like there's no way you let one guy wreck the football game. You know, coming into that game, he had zero sacks, zero, zero. Then he explodes against the Raiders. And now he leads the league. <laughs> Remarkable stuff. By the way, and we'll get into it when we get to the O'Connell. I'll just hold on to my thought there. All right, we're going to take a break here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. Do us a favor. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do so wherever you get your audio. Make sure you turn on the auto download. That way, every time we have a new episode, it comes right to your device, and you don't even have to worry about it. Mo and I, Mo and I just waiting for you there in your phone or wherever you listen to us. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about Aiden O'Connell. In the world of extremes, people were talking about how well he did or people were talking about how terrible he was and how he needs to be cut. Yes, of course, that's how it is out there on those streets. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere.